TPN, welcome back to the Power Network Podcast. I'm Matt, co-host of the show. Of course, Adam's out flying the line today. Uh, but I am honored to have a, a fellow entrepreneur and pilot on the show today, Evie Cormican from VTR, otherwise known as Visionary Training Resources. Evie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be here with you guys. Yeah, it, uh, so this is a fun podcast for me because... Uh, as listeners of the show know, I'm, I'm a super nerd when it comes to tech uh, and entrepreneurship and business, but also all through the lens of aviation. This kind of is a combination of all of those things. So uh, I guess let's just start with, uh, tell us a little bit about you, your background. Um, obviously, you're a, yeah, you're a professional pilot as well and, and then doing this business thing. So tell us a little bit about you, where you came from and, and what VTR is. Okay, so um, let me just lay the foundation. I was a chief pilot of a flight school, um, got my ratings and licenses, did the uh, corporate and charter, um, flew express carriers. All through that, I was always looking for opportunities to teach. The startup, uh, I flew for a startup, and that was my, my first real airline uh, 121 experience and the ability to go in there and, and get some things changed up that I saw were, you know, done it in a very strange way, you know, and then um, I got hired by a major, was asked to teach the human factors course, eventually became an instructor in the simulators and a simulator check pilot. And then um, I decided to go back to school. And I went back to school and got my MBA at Kellogg. And that's where this idea hatched. We uh, had a group of six of us and we had to put together a, a company, a corporation in five days. And we got no sleep. And this is what we came up with. I like to geek out with the best of them. So when somebody says VR, I said, absolutely. And then we put the headset on and I said, we need to do airline pilot training in VR. And it has morphed since then. Uh, last four years, we've been working on it. Uh, two years ago, I took a leave of absence from my company. I'm a 757-767 captain and on the East Coast. And right now I'm doing both. And, you know, where my, you know, my primary job at uh, the airline is, you know, number one in my heart, BTR is number one, because I'm so passionate about good training. Yeah, well, it's critically important. I mean, it, you know, every every flight department is always going to say that safety is the first priority and, and training is the cornerstone of that, right? So it being able to know your normal procedures, your your non-normal procedures, and, and have the, the memory items committed to memory uh, properly, uh, that's always a, a steep hill to climb for all of us, I think, no matter what airplane we're, we're learning, whether it's a, a simple uh, Cessna you know, there, there's a certain learning curve there all the way up through the 7576. I mean, and uh, God forbid you change airplanes at, at a few times in your career and as you bid to, to bigger and bigger stuff. So I, I think training is fundamental uh, to kind of the, the pilot life, obviously. And so what what is VTR? And, and you mentioned it a little bit that this is uh, 
virtual reality. So uh, AR and VR are concepts that we kind of hear a little bit uh, out there in the news. And, and we all have known that uh, virtual reality is, you know, five years away from being in every household, right? For the last probably 25 years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, we're, we're really kind of at a, at a crossroads of when augmented reality and virtual reality are, are, are really starting to become uh, something of, the, of a norm for most people and accessible. And uh, it's interesting that you're using it for a training perspective and specifically for airline training. So will you tell us a little bit about what that is and, and looks like for, for you and what you're building? So absolutely. I, VR is such an immersive environment. And that is what I couldn't get out of my head. You know, airline pilots have been training with the basic flight deck concepts with the paper tiger for over 80 years. And the only thing that has changed is now the paper tiger is in, in color. <laughs> you know, that's not okay. And, and one of our mottos is today's pilots deserve today's technology. And what it is there for really is to augment simulator training. We're not trying to reduce training in any way. We're trying to provide a way to standardize the pilot group. So when they show up to their FTD, they already know their company's flows, procedures, call-outs, normals, non-normals, so that the simulator and the FTD can be used for, you know, higher level skills like, you know, circle, circle land approaches or RNAV RMP approaches, um, getting the cadence inside the flight deck, understanding the timing, those things that are a little bit elusive to do by, by yourself, you know. So that's basically, you know, what we do. We, we are taking away a pain in the industry. And the downside of training is that you're away from home, you're away from family. It's very difficult on spouses and children. So we were looking to reduce that amount of time away and make you more productive while you're there. So you don't have to spend that, that much time away from home. No, and then that's an important concept as I am about to go back to training myself. I think the, uh, the timing of meeting you and your team and, and being exposed to this was interesting because, uh, you know, I'm just getting my mind and doing my studying and, and trying to, to get everything, uh, knock off the rust and, and get back into the flow. And it was kind of fun to jump into the VR headset that, that you gave me the opportunity to use and, what I was most surprised about is uh, I call it agency or, you know, just the sense of realism. Uh, I, I mentioned it to you. It, by no means is it photorealistic yet. Not, not that virtual reality can't do that. Um, but as a training tool, that wasn't necessarily the experience that was necessary. But that it, it, the, the imagery and, and the three, three-dimensional cockpit of the 737 that, that I was in in this particular demo was realistic enough that I was sitting on a, a nice, comfortable couch and trying to, you know, work my way around. And I kept, I realized that my normal habit pattern is sitting down in the seat and leaning back when I'm checking the circuit breakers or doing something on the overhead panel uh, and leaning against 
the 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 flight deck chair that I'm in, and it did not match up with the couch that I was sitting on, and it constantly it, it messed with my head when I was doing that. I would lean back, and there would be nothing there, or it would be too close, or something like that. And uh, it, it made me realize that it did not take much more than a couple minutes to be completely and fully immersed in the three dimensional environment that that was provided under the headset. So. Uh, it, it made me realize that you don't need perfect uh, reality, you know, virtual reality. It, it can be something that that is computer generated, especially as a training tool. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of the research you guys have done on on selecting the particular headset and and just everything related to the graphics and, and how people adapt to that and, and what level sure. of intricacies on that part of it? So... Again, it comes from a pain point. The idea, and I don't, I don't know if you guys had these, but do you remember the computer-based training labs? Mm-hmm. They had these labs and you'd go in to do all your computer-based training for eight hours at a time. And they were just painful to be sitting there to get through all of that material. And I thought the number one thing I want is a headset that has good graphics and is immersive enough and is completely mobile so the pilot could do as much or as little training as they want from home, right? So the Pico Neo um, 2i came out and it's perfectly balanced headset. It's very light. It's a commercial headset. It's not, you know, sold on shelves, if you will. It's not affiliated with Facebook in any way. Um, so, so So Mark Zuckerberg doesn't know how well you're doing on your clothes. (laughs) That's right. We don't need him to know that. Right. So the Pico Neo 2i has this thing called foveated rendering. It also has an eye tracker and the ability to, you know, um, collect data is very important for the pilot, right? It's, this is how you did on day one of your flow. And this is how you did on day 20, you know? the accuracy and the speed and whatever other metrics like you would like to measure. So this headset, again, is completely mobile and it doesn't require a computer. Originally, when we started, we were tethered. We had sensors all over the walls. We had two supercomputers running the the VR headset. Not, you know, realistic for somebody to have shipped to their home. Interestingly enough, the military has done tremendous amounts of work with VR, and they are far ahead of the commercial airlines um, sector. And I I imagine there's going to be more than a few of your viewers who show up to training at their new airline all excited, and they get handed a paper tiger, (laughs) you know, and be like, wait a minute, you know, so it's... um, one of those things, the, the pilots using our t- technology are provided with limitless opportunities for kinesthetic learning, right? So their aircraft, while they're in their aircraft, they're gaining the muscle memory of the APU switch is here and you have to reach for it. It's not, you know, it's not here. You're not pointing a laser at it. You're, you're learning by doing, and that's truly the best way to learn. Uh, so basic um, flight deck orientation and flows is what we're 
starting with and we are using the you know walk or the crawl walk run fly approach and we are in the crawling phase but it still has quite a bit of value especially if you're just first getting into a 737 right and the military obviously has uh, advantages. So pilot training next, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, TPM listeners are familiar with pilot training next and, and what they're doing at, in Austin and those sorts of things. And they have the advantage of uh, sequestering these students for six months, a year at a time uh, and in, in a single location and, and building simulators and curriculum associated with that. Obviously, commercial airlines and, and airline pilots uh, it doesn't quite work like that. Initial training is what it is, but being businesses and, and profit generating every every moment that you have that person in a in a hotel or in the training facility, that that's time and time is money. And so being able to make that as efficient as possible for both the pilot, uh, you know, and the time away from their family and and the uh, and for the airline, the company as well to get them out on the line as quickly as possible. It just it makes a lot of sense. My co-founder is, uh, is was a military pilot, and so we really try and understand the pain because this is built by pilots for pilots. It is highly pilot centric. <laughs> you know, it's not like we're doing this because we want to reduce training footprint. No, we're doing this to help the pilot that has had the burden of coming prepared and doing so much work ahead of time on their own. That's good to know. And so that brings me to kind of a follow on question is what what kind of challenges do you see with this type of training? Because obviously, we're looking at somewhat of a paradigm shift. So what kind of challenges do you foresee both on the company side, the pilot side? uh, And how are you guys attacking that? You know, that is a great question. And um, as far as the airline side goes, there's deep-seated training departments that think that everything is gung-ho, right? We have a 97% pass rate. How could we be doing anything better? So it's up to the pilots, I think, in the unions to say, today's pilots deserve today's technology. Let's, Let's fix this. So I think our biggest challenge is the internal training department not taking that leap because this is not an incremental change in pilot training. It is a leap. So unless you work for a company that is visionary and can see that investing in this technology now will be fruitful in the future, that's, that's our biggest hurdle, quite frankly. It's, it's all about finding someone who can can see the possibilities. And, and as a not so subtle segue, what what kind of what does the future bring and what are the what are the what are the possibilities of this technology as oh. as both the equipment gets better and less expensive and and people become more accustomed to it? Like, what, what do you see just on the horizon here? We, we are right now today we are working on. It's, it's not really a multiplayer game. You're going to say, oh, yeah, we've seen that multiplayer games have been around forever. 
So there's latency issues when you have, you know, a flight deck in Chicago and a flight deck in Seattle, right? And the two pilots are in the same flight deck and the instructor could be in the same flight deck with, with them or that instructor could be in multiple flight decks watching many crews at one time, right? And interjecting where they need to. So we're working on all of that right now. Um, the multiplayer game idea is fantastic. The latency issues is what we're struggling against right now, but there's other ways around it and figuring out those other ways. That's what's so exciting about this. It's, you know, a, it's a pathfinder kind of um, area and I, it, there's so much more. There's videos, there are, you know, instructors, there are pilots, you could sit next to Tom Cruise if you want, you know, you can put avatars of whoever you want. And if, if that moves forward in the way I think it will, we will, you know, not be flying in VR because the tactile isn't there, right? But we can do so much head work, like in-flight emergencies, uh, uh, track um, change, you can do, you know, a rapid de descent, you can do uh, flap non-normals and run them through as many times as you want. You know how long that checklist is, right? And right, yeah. if you get check ride with a flap non-normal, you're going to be like, I got this, you know, I've done this a <laughs> hundred times. So yeah, I just, uh, I like the idea of confidence and pilots and knowing exactly what's going to happen when this is runs along our briefings of you know brief the known unknowns unknown unknowns the known knowns right so and the more we brief and the more we prepare the better we are at it and this gives us the opportunity to make ourselves better faster and stronger pilots no oh, that's awesome i i think it's a, a great tool and as as games get better and better actual like business cases and use cases as as learning devices and tools are, are going to increase as well. Uh, Microsoft Simulator is is a great example. So I, I know a lot of people, especially younger folks who are just getting started in training, I, I've heard a lot are actually starting to use that as a training device as well. What What sets what you're doing apart from using a game, quote unquote, as good as Microsoft Simulator is, what, what kind of takes what you're doing to the next level? That, that's another great question. People are like, oh yeah, I've seen that in Microsoft Flight Simulator. And it's like, oof, yeah. So no, not really. Uh, some of the toughest cases I had to crack uh, when I was an instructor were the guys who had spent a bunch of time in Microsoft Flight Simulator on a desktop. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, I don't understand. Why are you doing it this? You know, this is so not the way we do it. I bring this up because our number one edict is no negative training. That's why the specialty is we find out what your airline wants, what their flows and procedures are, and we teach to that in VR. So when you're in there, you know that you're learning what you're supposed to be learning and you don't have to show up at the simulator and unlearn skills. Um, additionally, the, the flight deck is exactly is accurate. 
some of the things don't work the way they're supposed to or they do in real life and that is not okay either because it just goes to the negative training that you're talking about in terms of if you move this switch the logic behind that and the the logic relays or the or the you know the bus tiebreakers or what have you is is approximated obviously because it's not connected to anything real but that's that's something that you know, a previous conversation that you and I had, we, you're really thinking about and looking into and making sure that when you flip a switch, it's doing what you expect it to do for the most part and uh, not just not doing anything or something like that. It, whether you're, whether it's through code or, or some other sort of logic relay that you're building into the system. But I think that's that was an important thing in the in kind of a conversation that you and I had the other day where I thought that was really good because if if you're getting in and and pilots are leading the charge on on looking at how this model and this this training tool is being developed, making sure that things operate the way they're supposed to, or it's annotated accordingly, uh, in so you, you're not learning bad habits or, as you say, negative training. I think that's that's important. Yeah, our. Um... Our flight deck is a proprietary flight deck and the procedural flows and and the training that's in there right now is done for a client in the EU. Uh, But we're we're just toying with the idea of a B2C market in the US and that is something that um, will be very basic. Let's just say, say it like that. It will just be the flight deck. There's not going to be flows. There's not going to be call-outs or procedures or an instructor talking to you. It's just going to be basic headset. But what this does cognitively is it creates a environment that you're comfortable in. So when you get to the simulator, you don't have that. The stimuli of the flight deck is an environment that you've already seen. So you're able to make higher functioning, better decisions in the flight deck because you're not looking for that light. You're not looking for the Anna ice panel. You know exactly where it is. You can reach for it in the dark, right? So- Creating that muscle memory that's so important that takes, you know, tens if not hundreds of hours to establish. It does, it truly does. And you can show up with, you know, 50 hours in the flight deck before day one, by the time you're in training, essentially you've doubled the amount of time that you've spent in the flight deck. So it, it, I think it has somewhat of a controversial, you know, obviously social media, everything is controversial, but from time to time you see the topic of virtual training, especially with the experiments that the Air Force is doing and and the Navy is doing a lot in their in Sinatra, their their pilot training, to where they do a lot of 360 videos and and some VR applications. Um, and it's somewhat controversial, but I think the important thing to remember is that this isn't replacing the actual training that we're expecting to happen. It's it's providing a tool to better prepare yourself for that training, and so you spend less time relearning. Uh, the the basics that you were getting off of the paper tiger, you know that poster, that the the one D poster that's up on your wall or something like that. that yeah, two, yeah, two quarter so that, size. That is a fantastic point. You know, when you look at the learning pyramid, it shows you that 
you know, if you're learning by reading or seeing or lecture, it has a very low retention rate, right? But as you get into the kinesthetic learning by doing, the retention rates skyrocket to 80 and 90%. Now, what that means is you can spend a whole lot less time learning it and you understand it better. And so, I mean, VR is a supplement to the existing training program. Um, it will ensure a higher success rate. It will uh, be more comfortable so you don't have that whole fire hose happening, you know, while you're in training and you, you'll be able to relax, which allows us to learn better. Absolutely. And you mentioned that uh, the current uh, software was developed specifically for an EU customer, but uh, kind of looking bigger picture, who, who is your target audience, the customer that you're looking for? Is it the airline pilot and what stage of airline, you know, regional all the way up to the major or what, who, who's your target audience? And then uh, where do you hope to take that? So our, our target audience are, are the non-major airlines, let's say it like that. Because as the majors um, hire, and most of them are hiring 1,000, 1,500 for the next five to 10 years that we know of per year, where are those pilots coming from? Well, the secondary airlines are going to really feel that suction of their pilots going to the majors. And so they're our target audience. And typically, they're hiring people straight out of the commuter airline. So it's their first you know, larger jet, right? And it has 1964 technology in it. And so they may have been flying something that was more modern, right? And it's difficult to make that transition to the 737 ergonomics. Uh, so that is our target person, if you will. So never been in a 737 before, seeing it from the, for the first time at their first airline. Absolutely. No, that it, uh, th that's a great point. And I think, you know, if you can facilitate training for the less experienced pilots in order to get them the experience they need at, at some of these regionals, I think that will help, especially as hiring for them accelerates as the, as the majors start to accelerate their, their recovery and their, their hiring as well. So Evie, uh, if anyone is interested in, in hearing a little bit more, contacting you, reaching out, what's, what's the best way for them to do that? So our website would be the, the best way, um, vtrvr.com. Also email evie.cormican at vtrvr.com. But we would love to hear from you on social media, um, hashtag VRFD, VR Flight Deck, and on LinkedIn as well. We have some presence there and, and we're constantly putting in articles and giving you an oversight of um, what is going on in VR, not only in the airline market, but in very a lot of other markets as well. Absolutely. And we'll make sure that links to all that is in the show notes so it's easy for everyone to find. So thank you. Thank you. Thank and uh, we, we had talked a little bit about before that that you want to do some market research. You want input from the audience and and kind of hear what pilots who are out on the line in various stages of training are doing. So uh, tell, tell us a little bit more about the survey that, that you're interested in and what they can do with that. So we're looking at two different types of markets. So the B2C market is, is not a market that we're into right now, which is, 
dealing with directly with the customer. We're dealing with ATOs and, and airlines, right? So we're wondering, is that a market? Is that something you guys are interested in? Uh, if you are, we're going to do a, a short survey, like two or three questions about it. And we're also thinking about, is this good for a transition training or you know, say you're, you've been in that right seat for 10 years and now you're moving to the left seat. We all know it feels like a totally different airplane. So it, is there value in having that flight deck for an upgrade course? You know, that's that type of thing. So if you guys could, um, I, I, Matt, you're going to put the, the uh, question link in the uh, chat. If you guys could answer the, a couple of questions, I would be really um, happy about it. And uh, we'll see if we can get some swag to you too. Absolutely. So I encourage everyone to, to uh, click click the link in the show notes there and, and help these guys out, help help Evie and her team out with uh, your opinion. I mean, that's the thing is you ask a group of pilots for their opinion, they are more than happy to offer that. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can help out a little bit. But so Evie, this was uh, awesome to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule trying to balance a, a startup and uh, also, you know, your airline schedule and everything in between. I'm, I'm sure there's family responsibilities in there somewhere too. So thank you for taking the time to, to speak with us. And, and uh, I'm very excited about what you're building and the possibilities and, and to see where that goes. So thank you for, uh, for letting me uh, kind of be a part of it a little bit and, and have the demo and, and learn a little bit more. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to TPN. Your, um, your audience is fantastic. And I really look forward to hearing some of the feedback and, and where they think this, this should go next, right? It's, uh, there's so much talent out there on the line and it's relatively untapped. So we'd like to tap into that and, and bring, bring that consciousness forward. So Absolutely. And, and lastly, are you, uh, as a startup, are you hiring or are you looking for talent uh, on your team or for we anyone are, interested? We is are. That so right now we're looking at um, bringing the development work in-house. And so if there's any pilot developers in Unity C++, let me know. Um, additionally, we're, we're always looking for talent and that, you know, that's part of our website. We're we need SMEs. We are looking at um, doing an Airbus flight deck here coming up. And so, yeah, we're definitely hiring. Well, that that's an awesome opportunity for any pilot who wants uh, a side hustle in between their airline schedule or, you know, uh, on, on days off or what have you. So, Evie, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, for all of you, if you want to get in touch with Adam and myself, as always, you can email us at heyguys at thepilotnetwork.com. Uh, you can go check out the website at the .com as well or any, uh, catch us on any of the socials. But as always, fly safe, keep the shiny side up and the dirty side down, and we'll see you all in the line. Bye-bye. Yeah,